I want to tell you a story about kindness. A few years ago, I did a a weird, crazy thing. Me and a group of friends uh, signed up to do this thing called Escape and Pray. Basically, you agree to go to a random European city that you don't know until you turn up at the airport in order to to bless that city in some way, to pray for for God to work through it. Um, And part of the excitement is that because you don't know what you're doing, there's nothing planned for you. You're turning up in a place and and sort of hoping that it's going to work out okay. And so we turned up at Bristol Airport to find we were going to Geneva, one of, probably one of the most expensive cities you could potentially go to in Geneva, each given 20 Swiss francs. And as it turned out, a McDonald's cost about 12. So it wasn't exactly going to get us very far. And, and what we found is when we went, people were just ridiculously kind to us. Within about half an hour of turning up in the middle of Geneva city center, all eight of us had a place to stay for the evening. We had food for that evening. The, the second evening, we, we'd met this uh, a couple at a church, um, and they invited a group of us to come and stay at their house, having met them about 10 minutes before. Um, and we turned up, and they were like, we have no idea what we are doing. We have no idea why we have invited you, a group of random people from a completely different country, to come and stay in our what was actually an extremely nice home. Probably one of the like, nicest places I've ever stayed And it was bizarre that people would choose to show kindness. And that, to be honest, is what I think of when I think of kindness. I think of people choosing to give of themselves massively. We're going to spend some time this evening thinking about what kindness is, how it's reflected in God's character. And then, as Tim said, we're going to split into some groups to think about how we respond in what we do. Kindness, I think, is something that we often recognize when we see it, but it's a little difficult to actually pin down what it is. In one sense, it's a bit of like a pleasant outwards disposition. It's like friendliness. That is what kindness is. It's a concern for others, considerate towards others. It's generous. An act of kindness can be a ray of sunshine in in a dark day. It can make us feel noticed. Sometimes kindness can somehow make us feel bad, that we don't deserve the kindness that is shown to us, or that we're unable to reciprocate the kindness that has been shown to us. Sometimes showing kindness to another person can feel like the easiest thing in the world to do, and sometimes it can feel like another thing that's expected of us when I can't be bothered or I don't want to. At its simplest, to show kindness is to follow Jesus' command to love our neighbor. And kindness is quite interesting because I think it links together a few different things. When I was thinking about it, it's quite difficult to tease kindness away from love. And it's difficult to tease kindness away from goodness. Where love and goodness meet, kindness is shown. I don't know if you saw it in the news recently about um, there's a, been a volcano um, erupting in Hawaii. It's quite fun. Life sort of slowly meandering its way across the ground. And in some ways, kindness is a bit like the lava that comes up from a volcano. You know, we don't, when you walk around, you wouldn't think that underneath the earth we've got all this like boiling torrent of like hot rock. But that's what's there, and you only see it when a volcano explodes. And in the same way, kindness is showing the goodness that is inherent within a person. It is showing it outwardly as it comes out. It takes a whole bunch of what is going on inside, and it expresses it towards another person. To be kind is to express love to who we are with. 
And we can't easily separate out these things. We can't separate out easily love from and goodness and kindness. And I think that's sort of right. As Tim said when we were starting off these series, that these are all one fruit. They're one fruit of one spirit. And so we should, in, in some ways, expect there should be overlap and a mixing of them. If you, it's a bit like trying to take a smoothie and separate out the, the fruits that you had to begin with. Like, it's not really going to work. They're all mixed in together. That's part of the fun of it. So in, in an act of kindness, we see these things mixed together. Love and goodness. And also, there's probably a bit of joy in there as well when you see the reaction of someone to an act of kindness. So a helpful thing to consider when we, we're looking at these fruit of the Spirit is how do we see them in God's character? If they're the fruit of his spirit and they're things that we're expecting to come out of us spending time with him, then we should expect God to show them as well, right? So how do we see God showing kindness? I think we can see this through two, in particular in two aspects of God's character that we had in our passage today, in his grace and in his mercy. And these are, these are words that we, we use quite a lot in church, I think, um, I, certainly for a long time, um, I felt like that I used them a lot, and we would sing them in songs, but I didn't really necessarily know what they actually meant. And there was one day in particular I can think of where, where I sort of suddenly sort of started to understand this word grace and what it meant and why it was really important. I feel like I probably missed the, the, the session we were doing on Sunday school or something and, and didn't, never really got there. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So, so what are they? In a a very simplified way, grace is the good stuff that God has given us that we don't deserve. And mercy is him holding back the consequences of what we've done that we probably do deserve. That's a very simplified way of putting it, but it's quite a good starting point to think of, I think. And you can see from the passage we had that 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 is massively important in what Paul says. We had it twice about the the richness of the grace of God that is shown to us. And God's grace comes straight out of his goodness. God is the source of every good and perfect gift, is what James says in his letter. And so every, every day is a gift from him. Every moment to be spent in the world that he has made. God gifts us with everything we have. That's why we say grace before we have a meal, because it is God's grace that has gifted it to us. And God makes these things available to everyone. God provides food and and comfort and care for many people, whether they're part of the church or not. It's a common grace of care that God gives to everyone who is made because he loves them. It's interesting to think of of the sun and the rain falling on all of this earth, not just on those who are followers of Jesus. The sunset is there to be seen by whoever is looking, whether whether they know God or not. I think sometimes we have this attitude that it can feel a bit frustrating, that that certainly for for many of us in this country, that there is a, a security in our circumstances that means we feel like whether God was in the picture or not, we could probably get by okay. And sometimes that can feel a, a bit strange, a bit like we, we almost don't need him. But there's also an element that actually, that's because for whatever reason, God is providing for us in this country for all, whether they know him or not. Isn't that a thing to, be, to glorify in, that God cares so much for his people, for people who may even choose to reject him? That's what God's grace is. It's offered freely to those who may even choose to reject him. 
And this idea of a common grace only scratches the surface of what God's grace is. God's grace and mercy are ultimately demonstrated for us in the cross and in the resurrection. As Ben was drawing, drawing us to during our worship, that that is the core of what it is, of what, who Jesus is. God came to us when we were still far off, far, far away from him. We see that in the story of the prodigal son. Last week, as I was walking up to St. Matt's, I just came around the corner of Wickham Hill. And as I was walking up the hill, um, there, was, there was a girl walking towards me, and she sort of waved in my direction. And she looked a bit similar to, to one of my friends, so I waved back. And uh, as, I, as I walked up the hill and came closer, it quickly became apparent that I had absolutely no idea who this person was. Um, and we sort of crossed by each other in that awkward, like, sort of chuckling to one another, just like, just pretending that didn't happen. Um, and it's interesting, but that is, that is the complete opposite of how Jesus describes the Father loving us in the story of the prodigal son, that he sees us coming and runs towards us with open arms. That is the love and the grace that he is showing us. It is by grace that we have been saved, as Paul makes exceedingly clear in this passage in Ephesians. It's so clear he says it twice within, two, like, within a few sentences, that that's how much he wants us to get it. It is by grace that we are forgiven and able to live as God's children, free from fear and shame and guilt. This is a gift of God, not something we did ourselves. So it's nothing that we can boast in because it's nothing we did. And God seems to work in this graceful way throughout the Bible. Whenever we read the Old Testament, the story of the people of Israel, a people chosen because of God's grace, not because they were particularly great, not because they got it right, not because they were particularly good at anything, it seems like sometimes, but just because God wanted to, because he wanted to choose them. For us as a people now, we are in some sense chosen by God, but that's not to the exclusion of anyone else. And that, again, flows from the love that God is showing to us. And however we think about how the, the, the role of our response and our action plays in God's grace, it's clear that he is the one who acted first. He is the one who is offering far more grace than we can ever show back. God's mercy is shown in keeping from us the results of our actions that should come our way. Paul writes in Romans that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If that's what we believe, that the consequences of our wrongdoing lead to death, then it is God's common mercy that, that when, we, when we sin, we do not immediately fall dead, which sounds like maybe a bit weird and a bit obvious. If that's what we believe that the consequences of our actions should lead to, then it is God's incredible mercy that means that we get to keep on living. It's pretty great, actually. His mercy is what allows us to come to him when, by all rights, we have not lived in a way that means that we should deserve such a thing. So we have these things, God's grace and God's mercy, both incredible acts of kindness that he shows to us. Do we take it for granted? I often think about why God does this for us. In some sense, it can sometimes feel like he does it because he has to. I don't think that's really true. Jesus makes it clear that in what he does, he's, he, he is on earth because he wants to, because he wants to be there. And in his interactions with people, Jesus is the one who reaches out to heal them, to give them dignity, to lift them up. 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see Jesus wrestling with this idea of having to do something that he's not sure that he necessarily wants to, but he chooses to do it. He chooses to go to the cross. God's kindness is not an obligation. He was not obliged to be kind to us, but he chose to do so. It is a willing action undertaken out of love for us to bring us joy. I don't know if you've ever received a gift that you felt like someone gave to you because they felt like they sort of had to. When I was about 10, my uh, older brother gave me um, a CD that he wanted. And then much more recently, probably a few years ago, he gave me a book that I was like, oh, I've actually already read this book. He's like, oh, okay, I'll have it. That is not the gift that God gives to us. It wasn't a gift he was obliged to. It was a gift he gave because he wanted to, because he loves us. And sometimes that can still feel a bit too, like, like I can't quite get a grip on it. Like, like smoke that it just sort of fl- flicks through your hands. A few months ago, I was, I was talking and praying with one of my housemates. Um, and we sort of reached the end of our bit, and he burst into tears. And he just said, why did God do all this for us? Why did he do it? And, and the, the only words that I had to reply was, because he loves us. And that felt like the smallest, like, most obvious thing. It's like, well, yeah, God loves us. It's like the sort of thing that you might, you might say to a child, and you sort of grasp when, you, when you're a child, is just that phrase, that God loves us. And it feels small. It doesn't feel like it really says much, maybe. And yet that actually encompasses everything about who God is and what he does for us. I often feel like I haven't really got it at all. That that is a thing that I've been told about God and I sort of try and hold on to him, but I'm not sure that I always get. It's like this thing that's just constantly out of my grip from properly realizing. And yet that's why it's so good to come back to the cross, to the resurrection, because in that we see God's love shown for us and in that we see his kindness shown to us. And that is what causes us to respond to him. Kindness makes love knowable. It's God's kindness that demonstrates his love to us. And that comes out of grace. And that draws us to him. So how can our kindness be like God's grace? That seems like a strange phrase to say because God's grace is so immense. And our kindness can only ever be a shadow or a reflection of that. But it can be. Our kindness, I think, is offered as a free gift without an expectation of a response. We are familiar probably with the phrase that there's no such thing as a free lunch. I think kindness in God's kingdom is free lunches. That doesn't mean that people won't respond or that people won't be changed by an act of kindness. But I guess it just means that if we are kind to someone, we don't necessarily expect those things from them. We can't hold on to the idea that they have to respond. We don't keep a list of who owes us kindness so that we can be kind back to them. That sort of misses the point in some ways. I live in a house with four other guys. um, And that means that sometimes um, one of the things that needs doing is washing up. Um, And I know know everyone, everyone will claim that they are the housemate that does the most washing up. In this case, I know that I actually am. So um, I think I'm safe. I don't, I'm not sure whether anyone here tonight, so I can I can probably say whatever I like. Um, 
And it's interesting because, because you, it's very easy to, to get into this attitude of like, oh, I did the washing up today, so, you know, I don't have to do it, I don't have to do some more, or like, it's surely it's so-and-so's turn to do some of this. And to use washing up as an act of kindness to my housemates means choosing to forego any of that, that I have, I have to choose to lay aside the possibility of using it as a, as a threat over them or as a thing that they should feel obliged to pay me back for. And that's a small, silly example, maybe. But I think it does show, it shows some of the truth of what kindness should be and what it can look like. Kindness, I think, is bestowed to those who do and do not know Jesus. It's not a thing that is purely for us within this family here or for those who know Jesus. And it might look slightly different for those we, we, obviously, we want church to be a place where we are kind to one another, but that doesn't mean that we keep it for here, but we go out to be kind people in the world that show the love of God to all. I've spoken quite abstractly now about kindness for what is apparently a short amount of time. I think this would be a good point to split into our groups, to to think about these different ways that we can put God's grace that he has shown us into action.